It honestly didn't surprise me that much just because I knew like how much of a fuckstick Jack Edwards already was. <laughs> so like hearing him say that, it's just like, Jesus Christ, this guy doesn't know when to shut the fuck up. baby it is episode 137 of left side heavy the podcast presented by blue wire it's your boys hayden and jevin and we are joined once again by the seahawk fan himself mr tanner rennick how we doing buddy we're doing good man we're a little sick right now so we're gonna battle through this but we'll be good to go fucking right that's that's what i like to hear have you uh it's been a while since you've come on do you miss me a little bit. I mean, I see it pretty often. So. Yeah, unfortunately, but. <laughs> Aiden, how we doing, buddy? Are you over that sickness? Did you pass it on to Tanner? <laughs> yeah, surely I must have. Yeah, you know, <laughs> of the uh, many times that you know Tanner and I have uh, hung out recently, yeah, I'd say <laughs> so, right? <laughs> No, I'm I'm good, man. I uh I had kind of a scare today at work. Um not like life threatening or anything, but <laughs> I almost had to go all the way out to West Van at like 115. And I'm like, ooh, uh, I don't know about that. And yeah. then the install guy was like, yeah. Don't come out today. I have a doctor's appointment at 3 uh, 45. So we won't even have time to install just like five things and clean them up. And I'm like, fucking right. Yeah, thank God. <laughs> just kept the rest of my shift in the shop and uh, yeah, doing it tomorrow. So got an easy day tomorrow. And right. So would that have been worse? A worse way feeling worse. Than... I, I would have been, I would have, oh, sorry. Then what? Then the, Losing to me by point four in uh, fantasy? No, not at all, <laughs> dude. The fact that I was hoping for an assist from uh from Hampus, and all I needed was a shot. You know how you know how just fucking awful that is. Knowing I just needed a shot. Yeah, and I know I've explained to you obviously what happened on Thursday, but Tanner, do you want to hear how I could have beat Jev, but work fucked me? No. Okay. So for this Sounds is for good. hockey fantasy, I assume, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You don't want to hear? No, no, go ahead. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, shut so, the fuck up. Yeah. <laughs> so last Thursday, uh, it was an absolutely just terribly busy day. I was all the way out in West Van, like almost into North Van. Like it was I was about closer to Squamish than I was to home. Right. <laughs> And um, I was like getting ready to leave around 3.30 and I'm the driver. So I have to drive like this big fucking truck, right? And we get on the road and we're just entering uh, like Burnaby. And I just quickly remember, I'm like, oh, fuck, I haven't set my NHL lineup today. Because usually I like to do that 
I don't know. I, I you guys have I, daily lineups? Yeah, you, you can, can do weekly, but I like to do daily. Okay. Well, like you can set them for the week and then adjust them. You can adjust them daily, though. Yeah. I didn't okay. do that. I made the mistake of not doing that. So I quickly get my coworker. I'm like, I'm like Carter, Carter, can you, can you please check my lineup right now? So I go through all the steps and Duchesne and Forsberg are playing. And that night they combined it for five points. <laughs> but I didn't put them in my lineup because they were already playing a game. So I'm like, oh, like, I'm not going to lose by five points if I'm going to lose. And I lost by point four. <laughs> Like they combine for right. five fantasy points or like five, five... fantasy points. They oh, okay. they literally combined. Yeah. Forsberg got seven and Duchesne got like negative two. And so... oh, <laughs> that's tough. But oh, yeah, I was because so going up to like the final day, like on Sunday, I um I was watching like on Saturday night. I was like, OK, I'm up by like 40 f- points. You were up, up by 70. Yeah, I'm 74. up by like 70. I should be easy breezy. Like, this is fine. Like, I'm projected to get like four. Didn't have McDavid and, playing. And then I check and I'm up by 16. And I'm like, oh, this isn't good. And like I don't have anybody playing out. And he has Clayton Keller and Hampus Lindholm. And the next thing you know, Clayton Keller gets two more goals. And now I'm up by like four. And then Lindholm's playing with a full period to go. And I'm like, this guy gets one apple on even strength. And I'm, I lost, <laughs> but he didn't get anything. So I, I'm like, I win right now, but I, I've been fucked by stat correction before. Like I've gone to sleep winning, but woke up and I lost because of stat correction. And I wake up, um, I wake up. And Hayden's like, you beat me by 0.4. And I'm like, oh, so stat correction almost did fuck me again. But holy fuck. Because Clayton Keller himself got like 26 points. He got 20. Yeah, he got a hat trick. A nice hattie. And I'm like, you're kidding. This would happen to me. But nonetheless, I uh, pulled out with the W. But um, all right. Let's uh, we'll uh, kickstart this week. Canucks played. They were uh, 500. But. They beat the Sharks 6-5 in overtime. Uh, Dakota Joshua almost got the Gordie Howe Hattie. Um, Pedersen continues his um, great year. He got a goal and an assist, including the OT winner. But then the Canucks also lost 3-0 to the Wild at home, got shut out. Uh, Philip Gustafson got his first career shutout for the Wild. Um, Miller continues to look iffy, making some terrible choices on the power play. Um, even in the offensive end, just is pretty careless with it. But Minnesota overall just looked like the better team. But I mean, Spencer Martin did what he could. Unfortunately, it came in a losing effort, but I'd say he played pretty well. But did you guys catch any of the games this week? And what were your overall thoughts of their play? I caught uh, almost all the games. No, no, I think I did catch all the games, actually. Yeah. Because there's only there was only two, yeah, and I thought there was one last night, but I guess they're just they have a extended break till tomorrow, right? Yeah, yeah. So <sighs> it was, I don't know, it was pretty average, <laughs> like nothing exciting, worthy. I thought the Minnesota game, I thought they were gonna kind of blow Minnesota out of the water. Minnesota was on back to back nights after getting spanked by Edmonton. And 
Minnesota comes right around and just absolutely shuts the door and on the Canucks Saturday. And that was pretty depressing. Yeah. What about it, you, Tanner? Oh, sorry, Jeff. I just thought it was, the Minnesota game, I just thought it was one of those games where fucking like no bounces were going the Canucks way. And it's just one of those frustrating hockey games to watch where like we have all these chances. Why can't we score goals? Yeah, it's brutal, especially when your goalie is off to such a hot start because you there's multiple times we could have gone down way earlier in that game, but Martin was like a brick wall back there. Like he was stopping everything. And then that you can only keep that up for so long, right? And it was just a matter of us not taking advantage of that, which is super frustrating. But yeah, he definitely hasn't been our that's for sure. Yeah. Um JT Miller has continuously, like in that Montreal Canadiens game, uh, this game, and many others, he's been super careless with um, his choices, um, especially on the power play, like I mentioned before. Uh, against Montreal, he turned it over multi- like about five times doing that stupid behind the, that fake shot behind the uh, back pass. Oh, I Hughes. fucking hate that play, dude. He does that all the time. He turned it over five times on the on one power play and then ended up giving up a shorthanded goal, I believe, or just as the um, power play ended. And then this game, he tries to go across the ice tape to tape with the Minnesota player, and then that turns into a goal. Is there anything else? What's your suggestion to, like, fixing this bullshit? Because, unfortunately, his contract... Us signing him to that contract has basically made him untradeable because no one's going to take that on. But what else do you suggest to limit those mistakes? Because that guy, like, do we give him a PP whack and not put him on the power play anymore? Or like, because he continues to make these mistakes, but it's costing us like a lot of shorthanded chances. So do you guys have any suggestions or like thoughts to fixing this? A PP whack just kind of made me chuckle there. That was fucking <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> kind of funny. <laughs> oh, whack. I didn't uh, even think of that. Yeah, dude, you're on it with the unintentional puns today. We'll, uh, we'll talk about the other one that you told me. But like, what what do you do with someone that you just basically signed your life away? You know, to like the devil. Um, he he's. It's a shame that Bo has looked like what JT Miller's contract should look like because now it's like, what the fuck do you do with him? Yeah. He has to play, but if he doesn't play, people are just going to say, oh, he just got his bag and didn't do anything, which unless barring injuries is totally going to be true, you know? And it's like, fuck, you get one good season in a contract year and this is what happens. And I mean, you can't really blame someone, but I mean, at the same time you can. It's their drive to win, their character. And that's why he's not a captain. That's why he's only an assistant captain. And if, you know, Bo ends up leaving, uh, I think somebody else is going to get the captain before Miller does. Yeah, I would go like the PD direction if Horvat. Yeah, definitely um, go young. Traded, but like, what's frustrating about that is we signed the wrong guy in the wrong in the wrong year. Like, 
we signed a guy who had another year of his current contract on when we had an expiring UFA this year, and we signed just the wrong guy, which is super frustrating because we could have dealt with Miller this offseason as opposed to, you know? So it's like, or if we were tanking, we could have traded Miller. Exactly. We should have mm-hmm. traded Miller. We should have. But that's an old road. But we'll we'll go into it now. Um, Bo Horvat uh, rejected the Canucks' best and final offer that they're giving him. Um, speculations, rumors um, came in saying that it was just under $8 million a year. I've around $64 million overall. I'm assuming a six to eight year deal um, is my assumption. He rejects it. So basically meaning that the Canucks are not going to go look for the best trade offer. And Horvat is frustrated that the media is putting this much weight on it and it being a distraction to the team and he feels bad for the rest of his teammates and that he's focused on winning now as a Canuck and doing the best he can. What are your guys' thoughts on the contract rejection from Horvat and his camp? Tanner, I'll go to you. Okay. Uh, not good news now that it's all leaked like this. Like, It's just one more distraction for the Canucks that they don't need. Yeah. That probably their best player arguably this year is not coming back after this year. So kind of everyone's spirits are probably a lot more down, but um, I mean, I think that signing Miller and Besser last year really fucked us. And I didn't like both of those contracts from the get go, but I also had people saying, no, no, they're great contracts They're you know, but I mean, it's it's coming full circle, right? And it's going to bite us in the ass now because we're losing our leader and probably one of our best players now. So, fuck us, right? <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. That sums it all up. Fuck us, right? Jesus. Aiden, what about you? It's, it's just cry me a river, you know? I... I'll cry myself a river, actually. This yeah. is the year that like I kind of start watching hockey, get really into it. And, you know, everything that I have known is Petey's the goal scorer. Hughes is our best defenseman. And Demko is, like, unstoppable sometimes. But Bo Horvat was never really, like, a, a big name that I watched out for. He was just... He was the captain. And understandably why he was a playmaker and he fought for everyone on his team. And he kind of like chipped in every once in a while. Exactly. But now this is a different player. Like this is, this is a franchise player, the way he's playing. You know what I mean? He's, he's scoring goals. He's playmaking. He's taking on hits that other people, uh, you know, should be taking on. And he's just, he is the captain. And he's like and, the best face-off guy in the league, too. Yeah, dude. his face-off percentage is insane. Like, he's going to be a hotter free agent pickup uh, on trade deadline than Patrick Kane. Yeah. Undoubtedly, obviously because of age as well, but, like, talent. You know what I mean? Like, he's... Watch him go to Boston or something. <laughs> dude, I would... I think Just everyone... to really fuck us. Uh, Watch him go to room. Boston. I think that'd be a bigger ride than in 2011 when we lost the cup. 
but not to not to take away from like Hayden's hockey watching just just because he was kind of get into it this year, but I kind of knew that Bo Horvat what he was kind of three years ago. Like you knew he was a good player, right? Yeah. And he was a huge part of the Canucks in that team. So yeah. not prioritizing that contract is really shitty. Yeah, what I liked about Horvat is that he did so much more off the score sheet than a lot of the players do. Like we all know like Pedersen is really good both ways on both sides of the puck. But Horvat, he when you need a faceoff win in the defensive zone with 45 seconds left for the other team to tie it up, you need a guy out there that's gonna win the puck for your team and get possession. And Horvat's that guy. He does so many small things that help the team out when you need it most. He's he scores goals in the biggest moments too. He's continuously been one of our best playoff performers since he's developed into the player he has. Like especially the past few years, like the bubble year, he was unbelievable. And I guess we that's like the only time we've made the fucking playoffs since he's been the player he has. But even just when we need a goal late, when uh, our power play has been bad, who is the one guy that gets it back? Roland is Horvat. Like he continuously steps up big when you need a big goal. And he does the little things that teams don't really rely on. Like when we get rid of him, we're gonna realize, like, holy shit, Horvat in the circle winning those faceoffs was massive because in the defensive zone, if you lose that, there's the percentage of chances of getting scored on right away is huge. And Horvat took a lot of that away. So He's going to be a really hot commodity around the trade deadline. Hayden, I really agree with you on that, that he's going to be a bigger piece than Kane because of the chance at signing him after the trade. Whereas Kane, they might not really gravitate towards that because he is a bit older. Whereas Horvat, you might be able to get a bit more prime years out of him. And he just adds a bit more to his bag. So... It's gonna. It's really frustrating how the Canucks management handled this. I don't think we get enough credit for being one of the worst run organizations in sports because of how much we've fumbled so many different bags, like trading to or like letting Tanev into Foley walk and then signing Vertanen, signing Miller instead of trading traded him, signing Besser and then letting Horvat or having to trade Horvat. Trading $12 million in cap space and a first-round pick for OEL and Garland. And now you're paying OEL seven and a quarter for the next five years. It's like we're stepping back when we we should already be progressing when Lyndon said that we should rebuild like six years ago. Like we should be in the progression that like Buffalo's on instead of going down. So it's super frustrating where this team's at because it's been run terribly and Aquilesian has been blinded by playoff revenue when we're not even close to sniffing consistent playoff appearances. So, so many of this has just been terrible. Just to rattle off some stats here for Bo, Hor- Bo Horvat. So, since 2016, he's had a 20 goal season up until now. So, that's one, two, three. Seven years in a row, he's had 20 goals. And every one of those years, he's had over 50 points pretty much. We're on pace for over 50 points. So he's yeah. like, consistency, dude. And last year, he hit 31. 
Or like, yeah, 31 goals last year in 70 games. Mm-hmm. Like, this guy is just massive to any team. So, oh, yeah. yeah, I don't know. Canucks' first offer to him in the offseason, I think, was like eight by five and a half or something like that, like a Ryan Nugent Hopkins contract. And right. he turned that down. And then I think we just offered him just under eight and he turned that down. So it just seems like he sees the direction the team is going. And he's like, I don't want to be a part of another rebuild. I want to go contend, which is totally fair to him because he got drafted to what was a playoff team because we made the playoffs just a couple of years after he was drafted. And then he went to the dumps, went to the playoffs, and then now we're going back to the dumps. And he's like, I don't want to go through this shit again because he's not going to be in his prime anymore by the time we're good again. So he probably wants to go and play some meaningful hockey, which is totally fair. It's on the Canucks management, ownership, everything above the players that just ran this team into the ditch, which sucks. But Yeah, that that playoff run in the bubble that one year, I kind of think screwed Canucks fans because it gave them some sort of hope and management some sort of hope. So then we thought, okay, no, we're doing the right things. We just need to trade for a few more players or sign a few more players, and then we'll be there. And then we did that, and bleep, fuck. Fuck In reality, the eight Canadian teams just fucking sucked. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. it was What about What about a team really, like, wanting to go all in? What if the Canucks tried? tried i know it's very hard to see but tried to package horvat and miller like just do a fucking huge trade just to get miller off your back and to also send away horvat you'd probably get more by fucking doing them separately if you could but i know what you're saying where you're trying to just dump miller's contract but i think no one's even gonna take that no matter what you put with them yeah because i don't know if teams have enough room to take on that because I think Horvat's the more valuable piece in that and they're going to want to extend Horvat and by extending Horvat you're taking on like 16 million dollars to your cap no I know they won't have enough unless you're like Detroit or Ottawa or Buffalo or something but I think yeah Coyotes but I think they'd be rushing what they're trying to do and Canucks would want picks back where those picks are still going to be valuable to those bad teams. Yeah. We're trying to in the midst of the rebuild. I think something like Colorado is a team that wants Horvat because McKinnon's hurt for a bit. Landeskog's still going to be out for a few more months. So like Horvat is a piece that they're looking at for this year because he still only has $5 million to his name. So he'd be super valuable. Um, Detroit's looking at Horvat too. Um, because I think he would fit Detroit really well with, like, Dylan Larkin, Andrew Kopp, you know, like, um, May- Lucas Raymond. I almost said Mason Raymond, throwback 2011. <laughs> but I think Horvat would look really good because he would kind of fit their timeline where they're pretty close to being competitive, where they could still have the good years. But I don't know if Horvat would want to do that. So it's very kind of confusing on what team fits Horvat. Horvat's needs and the team needs, but do you guys have any guesses on where Horvat ends up? Because it seems does he have a no trade clause? I maybe a modified, but oh, okay. I'm but I'm positive. a no trade clause can always be just fucking 
yeah, sure, I'll go here. <laughs> yeah, I know, but he can pick and choose where he wants to go, basically. He yeah, probably has, um, rather than a six teams I want to go to, he probably more so has eight, ten teams I don't want to go to. <laughs> the, other tw- the other 20 I'm fine with kind of thing, you know? Right. I, uh, My, I was thinking originally, I was thinking possibly the Devils. Just that's what I was thinking. Here was going, and they—I'm assuming they have the cast space to probably fit them in there. So, as of right now, I'm looking. Uh, they have no cap. Devils. Yeah, the Oilers all the way to the Golden Knights literally have zero dollars. What site? What site are you on? Cat friendly. Uh, sporttrack.com. Go to Cap Friendly and check out uh New Jersey Devils cap space. Because right. that'll like sure right figure out a way to fit them in there. Yeah, I'm yeah, sure. I mean, plus... especially if they can send us maybe some money coming back to us, they'd be able to fit Horvat in. Yeah, I'm all sure. right. Here we go. So the New Jersey Devils have sixty six thousand dollars in cap space. <laughs> Hayden, so not a lot. Go to the defenseman on New Jersey and look up how much. John Marino makes. They're All probably right. paying, paying PK Subban still, eh? <laughs> yeah, probably. Here, I'll I'll see exactly what it is. Is it Marino like formal year? Here, you got you guys keep talking. I'll I'll try and find this. Because I'm thinking if we can get John Marino back, he's a right shot defenseman, top four. I think he'd fit in nicely with what the Canucks needs, and he's young. And he's going to be cheaper than what Horvat's making. So, like, I think that could be a decent return for us on what we need. And it could take money off the devil's books where Horvat might be enticed to going. Because they're, what, 21, 5, and 2 or something like that? They're they're past the lucky phase. Like, they're just a good up-and-coming team and young where Horvat could fit in nicely. I like that devil's pick. But... Yeah, so there's a there's a few different teams that Horvat could end up. Um, I think like I heard like Colorado was massive um in the running to get them to get him. So it's gonna be interesting where he could uh where he could end up. But we'll move on. I found the John Marino. All right, hit me. How what, much does what's he so what's so special about John Marino, if I may ask? He's just a solid he's a solid oh, top. He's four making four point four. See, yeah, that's okay. like that's a million dollars less than what Horvat's making right now. And send us like I don't second. Know if we get a first, but like a second round pick and a fourth or something. Yeah. So like I think even if you just send us like a lower level roster player as well McLeod. to get to get a bit more money off your books, I think that would be a deal like I would make in a heartbeat because Marino fits our needs. So, so then would you take since Horvat's a center? Would you take Michael McLeod then? He's twenty four, makes under a mil, and he's an RFA uh, next year. Yeah, why not? Marino McLeod in the second and like a fourth or something for Horvat. I think that'd, that'd be decent. Maybe a bit have to work out some other logistics and stuff, but I don't think it's terrible. But uh, we'll get moving here. Um, Chris the Tang returns 12 days 
returns to the ice game action 12 days after suffering his second stroke. What an absolute fucking wizard beast this Chris Letang guy is. Um, he suffered it without even knowing he suffered it. Me and Hayden, Hayden and I, like we alluded to that last week, talked about it. But having him return this soon is crazy. Yeah, no, it's absolutely insane. I can't believe that he's just, yeah, less than two weeks. Let's fucking go. <laughs> I'm back. Because <laughs> he was labeled out indefinitely. So usually that means he's out without a timeline. But typically it's longer than two weeks. 12 days. Indef- yeah, in- indefinitely. So people were thinking maybe he's out for a few months, get some time to recover the body, all that. 12 days. It was like, uh, am I reading the right name here? Because I got a notification. It was like from Friedman. It was like, Chris Tang is available to play the next game. And it's like, what the fuck? That's great. That's absurd. But he's back. Um, it's good to see him doing well. Uh, I don't know how he did, but I can't imagine it was nothing crazy. But just the fact that he's back on the ice is crazy. Ovechkin is only three goals away from joining Gordie Howe and Wayne Gretzky, part of the 800-goal club. Is he... He's going to catch Gretzky, eh? Oh, yeah. What do you think? Barring any injuries or any serious injuries, he should be good to go. This guy doesn't stop, man. He's a Russian machine. Yeah. All he needs to do is play PP1, and just rip one-timers, get 20 goals a season for the next... I, 20 goals is the his floor. He's, oh, yeah. good for, he's good for 40. This guy should be able to break it in three years. Like He's not going to stop until he breaks the record. Him getting this close. And also him going through two COVID-shortened seasons and two lockouts, and he's still within reach of catching the record, is... Absolutely insane to me. I just read a thing too that management said we're not going to rebuild while Ovechkin's chasing the goal record. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. That's funny. Yeah. I mean, why not? Like, why not go for it? Yeah, right? this guy's done everything for the organization. So you got your cup in 2018. Yep. So it's not like you're rebuilding for another one. Go for it when you have the great. It's kind of like Pittsburgh, too. Why would they rebuild when they still have Crosby, Latang, and Malkin? who are still playing at the top, like, top potential of their game. Like, they're, just, they're still playing crazy. Like, Malkin's almost point per game this year. And he's, like, mid-30s. Like, the guys just don't stop. So, um, Bill Zito likes the position of the Florida Panthers despite their record. They're just above 500 at 13, 12, and 4. They're sixth in the Atlantic tied with Montreal. Do you believe that Florida is attacking their season the right way, or should they kind of move towards retooling, I I should say, or kind of rebuilding their team to last year? Because they kind of gave up a shit ton. Uh, last year to make a run, and that obviously didn't go well, losing in Florida, Tampa. But you have Kachuk, your franchise guy now, locked up for the next eight years. He is 37 points in 27 games. But do you think 
Zito is a bit delusional, or do you act? Do you think Florida is capable of making a run this year? Damn. Before the season, I definitely thought they were. Yeah, you're Just not alone on that they one. Look, they look dysfunctional, though. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like they're not gelling as well. I don't know. It kind of looks like they obviously didn't. I mean, didn't race or rush to get this back because obviously you have to make some changes quick and adapt quickly. But it just looks like the chemistry isn't there yet. Yeah, exactly. But I mean, Kachuk's showing that he doesn't need Goudreau because he's playing very high level hockey right now. But Hayden, what do you think about the Panthers and kind of uh, where they're at right now? It's sad. Uh, I thought, <laughs> I mean, I obviously was pretty high on them uh, preseason, uh, especially after, you know, how much they it seemed like they were going to improve after last season, going so deep into the playoffs and being the president trophy winners. And they just have come out flatter than ever. And they're spent to the books. They have so many huge contracts. I, I'm finding myself more on cap friendly right now, uh, just looking. But like <laughs> Barkov takes up 12% of their cap. <laughs> that guy's like the top five player in the league. Oh, I know. I'm just saying it's crazy. Absolutely crazy how top heavy they are with um man try being the like Chicago Blackhawks first two pay, lines. They pay Taze and Kane 10 million each. Yeah, and same. Uh, and they were like 10 and year that contracts. That was a while too. ago, too, yeah. right? They were like yeah, 10 year, 13 year contracts back back when you can go sicko mode with contracts. And they pay Seth Jones a ridiculous amount, too. <laughs> yeah. And Keith, right? Uh they uh Offload that, him. I think. Oh, yeah. yeah okay. Edmonton, took, to Edmonton. Yeah, and Edmonton uh, took it on with no money retention, too. Well, there you go. <laughs> but, yeah, but I mean, like, Matt Kachuk's making nine and a half as well. Pretty similar to Barkov. Yeah. So them two are taking up, like, tw- a quarter of their cap, which, I mean, in retrospect, those two players deserve that. But it's just a mad... It's building around that. I think... Their problem is goaltending. They have the worst contract in the league on their team, and Sergei Bobrovsky making ten million a year. Yeah, that's that's terrible. Which, from the get go, I think Tanner. Last time you were on here, or one of the times you were on here, you said right when he signed that contract, it became the worst contract in hockey. Which I don't. Which is coming to fruition is pretty damn true, because he's not even playing up to Spencer Martin level, and Martin's. Two years removed from the AHL, right? So it's very difficult and hard to recover from. Spencer Knight is playing decent, but Bobrovsky just isn't playing up to the level he should be right now. This is still a team that I think could get in a groove and just rattle off like 10 wins in a row. No, 100%. 100%. Salary cap, speaking of salary cap, is expected to go up $1 million next year. Um. That's been talked about for a bit. Gary Bettman hits 30 years as the NHL commissioner. Crazy. 30 That's years. Awesome. He was um, hired in 92 as the first ever NHL commissioner. There was like um, president 
of decision making or fucking whatever, but there's never he's the first commissioner of the NHL, celebrating 30 years. As much as people hate on him, boo him. He has done a lot for the league. He's grown it um very well, getting some uh global series and stuff like that, implementing a bit more um outdoor series as well. Um, salary cap's gone up, revenue's gone up since he's been in the league. So as much as you want to hate on him and some of the questionable decisions he's made, he has grown the league well. So congrats to 30 years for Bettman. Um, Wade Redden was inducted into the Ottawa Senators' Ring of Honor. Um, Shane Wright was called back up to the Seattle Kraken and he scored his first NHL goal against the Montreal Canadiens. And if you remember on draft night, he gave them a little oh, yeah. stare after getting picked for not picking them one. But good to see Shane Wright get on the board, get on the score sheet a little bit after he was kind of fucked by Hackstall. Um, he was not getting any playing time. Then he was sent, for, sent to the press box for like eight games in a row and then sent down when they should have just sent him down from the get-go. Good to see Shane Wright get his first, no? Definitely. Yeah, so. just a young guy trying to get find his spot in the NHL, right? Yeah. It's tough when you're coming from being, like, the best player your age in the world and, like, you can kind of run show in juniors. So they kind of got to take a step back and and realize, hey, there's this is the NHL, right? Yeah. No, I 100% am on the side of sending your players down no matter where they were drafted. If they were first overall, don't rush them into the league if they're not ready. Like, what's the fucking point? You're playing the long game here. You're not having expecting them to come in and be Ovi and Sid or McDiesel. Like, you want them to be, you want them to be productive. And if he's yeah. not showing it, don't hesitate to send him back down to junior for a year. Let him tear it up. Get some confidence. Play him in the A. Obviously, if it's he's still in the A for four years, yeah, maybe you got a little problem here. But don't rush him into the NHL. Like that's what I was scared with Jack Hughes, that he um was rushed into the league too quick. Luckily, he's playing like a top 15 player this year. But I'm totally on the side of if it's the right move, don't hesitate sending your players down despite him being a top five pick. Because, How do you yeah. see Bedard ending up then? Do you think he goes down to the A wherever I, or wherever he le- ends up? I think no. he plays pro right away. Um, but if it doesn't, if he's slow, I'm totally fine with sending him down and get some confidence. Like, don't force it is what I'm saying. If he's mm-hmm. not producing at the NHL, don't force it and have his confidence deteriorate. Like, send him down, let him keep playing the worst he can do is have a player sit and not play because his development isn't going anywhere if anything it's going down because his confidence is shot agreed i'd rather have him play in the a than sit in the press box in the nhl right people put a black flag over getting sent down when it can benefit a player right but especially boost your confidence if you go there and just fucking dominate teams exactly like Shane Wright got sent down to the A and scored four goals in like five games. And then he came back up and lo and behold, he scores his first NHL goal first game back. Mm -hmm. So along with Shane Wright, Seattle's making a run. They're kind of on the same devil's page where I think it's past a lucky year 
for them. I think they're just turning a new page and they're developing into a competitive team, which is always good to see um, from teams, young, new franchises, I guess. But uh, shout out to the Kraken. Um, Dylan Gunther and Shane Wright are alone to the um, Team Canada for the World Juniors. We'll kind of preview that a little bit next episode. Um, Jack Edwards, Pat Maroon. So this was an absolute unbelievable sequence. I want to pull it up on Twitter because I have it right here. But Jack Edwards, the play-by-play announcer for Boston, known as one of the biggest homers in the in the world, had something to say about Pat Maroon and just went off on him about being overweight and stuff like that. I'm going to play the 40-second clip here. Um, boys, and then we'll uh, you guys can start talking about it after. That was day one of training camp. I, I got a feeling he's had a few more pieces between then and now. Yeah, that's before pregame. <laughs> right. <laughs> Fasting. <laughs> Chris. Fasting for Pat Maroon is like four hours without a meal. <laughs> but hey, three cops in a row. Who can argue with his formula? Listen. What an absolute clown. Um, Pat Maroon went on to say that it was abs- absolutely uncalled for, but he did take the high road and he's ended up raising $50,000 going towards Tampa Bay. Um, charities for mental health and uh, awareness and stuff like that. So good on Pat Maroon taking the high road. But what are your boys' thoughts on Edwards' comments on live TV? Well, when you first told me to look it up and see what it was, I was like, okay. Looked it up, saw that it was just a conversation between two people, and I originally messaged you, and I was like, wow, what a fucking softy Maroon is. Not knowing uh who the guy on the other end exactly was i thought it was two people chirping on ikes you know like a player v player and then you're like no no this was announcer v player and i'm like what the fuck like yeah. you you don't do that like maroon didn't even know that you said that on live tv and you just come out and pull that bullshit no that's so fucking low man if if I was Maroon, I don't know I don't know exactly what I would have said online, but it would have just been like, dude, shut the fuck up, you fucking yeah. pussy. <laughs> like, don't talk to me about my weight and not even show your face to me after you say something like that. Like, come on. It's that's just so uncalled for. Yeah. Absolutely just what a piece of shit human being. Yeah. Tanner? It honestly didn't surprise me that much just because I knew like how much of a fuck stick Jack Edwards already was. <laughs> so like hearing him say that, it's just like, Jesus Christ, this guy doesn't know when to shut the fuck up. Yeah, it's it's brutal. And because Ch- uh, Maroon was on Chicklets explaining this story and like <laughs> he didn't even receive a formal apology from Edwards. He was like, here's my number. Pat Maroon can reach out to me when he if he wants to talk. And, like, that's all Maroon got. And Maroon's like, what the fuck? I'm not going to go out of my way to reach out to him when he harassed me behind my back. 
Like Maroon was also saying, he's like, I can take it from a player. Like that's a different story. But to say it on the PA when it was just brought up out of the blue, when I didn't even do anything to put my name in your mouth and you talked about it for 45 seconds, like the play was continuing. Instead of calling the play, you were talking about my weight. And when he put it like that, I'm like, that is just unbelievable that an announcer would go out of his way to continuously talk about him like that. It's like, what did he do to you? What did he do to you? It was absolutely insane, but good for Pat Maroon for taking the high road, raising a lot of money for a good cause. Unfortunately, it shouldn't have happened in the first place because we don't need that. But Pat Maroon was a good soldier for that. He said he wanted to take a bit before saying some regretful things online, which is smart. But Jack Edwards is an absolute donkey for saying that. And uh, I'm a Pat Maroon fan now. So the big thing, too, is like Jack Edwards doesn't know what Pat Maroon dealt with in his life. Maybe he was chubby when he was a kid and maybe he was bullied for it. Maybe there's like underlying situations that you don't know about. Right. So you exactly. Step on live TV. No, 100 percent. Doesn't set a good example either because kids are watching the games too, right? Exactly. And if announcers are saying that, then that, that, that could pass on bad habits. But Also, I um, like how Edwards tried to save it at the end, saying that it's got him three Stanley Cups. Maybe his play has got him three Stanley yeah. Cups, you fuck. Yeah. <laughs> like, obviously, I don't know. Uh, like You guys know who Jack Edwards is. But yeah. now this puts a really, really fine uh, lens so I could now see him and just be like, Ooh, okay. This also, is the, this is the type of announcer that we're seeing here. Also, Hayden, you know how John Garrett for the Canucks is a pretty big homer, and how like oh, everything. Yeah, is... all, Jack... all the color commentators are pretty big homers. I've found. But Jack Edwards is John Garrett on every hard <laughs> drug possible. He is, okay. It, like Boston doesn't do anything wrong in uh, Jack Edwards' eyes. So he's just an absolute clown. Um, even Boston fans are sick and tired of his bullshit. So, dude, that that's yeah. insane. Because even when I listen to Canucks games and I hear John Garrett, I'd rather him just shut the fuck up most times. <laughs> I'm like John Garrett. So I couldn't imagine being a Boston fan. That obviously wasn't goalie interference. No one touched Demko. Like, let's, <laughs> let's relax here. But uh, hey, move on. It, Hayden, if you ever want to kind of get to learn more about Jack Edwards, um, Jay Onright always roasts him on TSN on his show. So, oh really? Okay. He always has like a Jack Edwards dumb thing he said segment. <laughs> <laughs> you know that you're that bad when national TV is going out of the way to fucking pick Canadian, apart your, Canadian uh, media your too. Canadian yeah, media. That's, oh my God, yeah, that's hilarious. Yeah, he's an absolute. Yeah, he sucks, but. New Jersey Devils, their road win streak ends at 11 versus the New York Rangers. Jack Hughes had a six-minute shift to end the game. Longest shift ever, right? Yeah. I forget who it was against, but six minutes. That is insane. I'd be just on the ice dying and wheezing. (laughs) I would. (laughs) I I reach defensive shift too. Um. Yeah, a lot of it was like penalty killing, power play, and then just like, yeah, it was it was absurd. 
He must have been absolutely gassed after that. I know. It's for people who if you want to put into perspective, shifts are hockey shifts are like you go hard for 45 seconds and get off. Where this guy was on for six minutes, which is absolutely insane. Um, it was against the Islanders. That's who it was. <laughs> and Checklets, Jack Hughes played Biz's entire career in one shift last night after an NHL record. <laughs> six minutes. Dude, Biz never played six minutes in a game. <laughs> it was absurd. But yeah, longest recorded single shift in NHL history since 07 08, since that was probably being tracked. But, tracked. Um, last point here Mitch Marner point streak hits 22 games. This, uh, he had a goal and an assist in the overtime win versus Calgary. They are set to play tonight, if I'm not mistaken. So we'll see if he can continue that. But um, yeah, that's all I got for the NHL. Aiden, I'll uh, I don't know what I'll, I'll throw a slant pass to you for the NFL. <laughs> I don't know. I'm out of ideas for this. One. <laughs> Honestly, anything works, man. Just, yeah, I'll kick it oh, off I'll, to I'll... you. That's a good one. Yeah, that's too generic though you can use that without talking about football um yeah i know that is punted over to you i guess i don't know uh but punting's in rugby isn't it yeah can't you just do? talk okay. about the talk about, talk about the nfl <laughs> <laughs> all right well let's get into the nfl shall we my guys um this week uh can someone please fucking explain to me why the NFL decided to do six teams in one bye week? And it happened to be like one of the most important bye weeks for fans of the game. Uh, NFL week 14 absolutely destroyed everyone's assholes because people <laughs> needed a lot of fantasy implications to get into playoffs uh how did that go for all all of you guys um i'm in playoffs in both leagues lucky enough but nice i yeah i mean like i had michael carter in my starting lineup and he got me dash one where i could have played aaron jones but he was on bye week of course yeah of course um so lucky enough i was already in Mm -hmm. um because yeah, I'm already in, and in my other league, I'm already in as well, so it didn't really matter. But I could have beat the guy who's number one in our league and maybe had first-round bye, but um, the loss turned it into a two-game swing where I could have yeah. beat him and maybe head-to-head or goals for or, or points for or whatever comes into account. But, yeah, for me, it didn't matter too much, but I understand it mattering for a lot of people. Tanner, what about you? So... In my redraft league, I could have got into playoffs if I won this week. Mm-hmm. My team put up 56 points. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, PPR? Half. Oh. Oh. <laughs> that is terrible. And, is- and listen, and McCaffrey had 28 of those points. Oh, my God. Kyler Murray got me points, six, six points. Yeah, that was that was the biggest one. Last night's game was the biggest fuck you to fantasy players. And I had Titans D minus four, so I got real fucked. Ooh, yeah, I, I don't, lost. I don't. 
what why why wouldn't you try and go after a different defense because <laughs> my league's fuck dude people just keep like three defenses on their teams what the fuck <laughs> yeah I, honestly uh... if i was in that position sorry jeff if i was in that position i wouldn't have played a defense i i think no, tennessee the jags oh yeah that's right i thought they oh my god last week they played the eagles damn yeah yeah i know the jags actually yeah uh that yeah. fucked me too because um I I um I started Tennessee's defense as well and I lost by four points. Oh Jesus, that's even worse. At least I lost <laughs> by like forty. Yeah, I lost by four points and it was to Donald. I could have been um nine and four, but instead now I'm eight and five. Yeah, I can't so, believe you lost to Donald. Like it was like what point six? No, I you lost him. He because he had um, oh wait no you just said you lost by four yeah I lost by four I think I lost ninety six to ninety two but he had right. Hunter Henry so like he had Ugh. ten points because he had seventy yards and three uh, receiving first downs where like if Tennessee just did below average and got me four fantasy points that's an eight point swing and I would have won like but they got n- they yeah. lost fourteen points for me so it's like fuck. Jesus and Christ. I started them because Jacksonville, like I s- said to you in your parlay, I never trust Jacksonville or Tennessee to get me money line because there's so two hot and cold teams where it's like you don't know how they're gonna play that day. But Tennessee, I took the risk. I'm like, even if they're like averagely bad against Jacksonville, they'll have to get a pick at, at yeah, some like, point. <laughs> like I took the risk on Jacksonville sucking that day, but Jacksonville obviously and it burned just, you put up 37 on them or some bullshit like that and got me negative four. Because they didn't get anything else. They just got points against. They get any sacks, any picks, yeah. any fumbles, any strips. Nothing. Just... Yeah. Uh, for my fantasy leagues, um, one league, uh, almost like a redraft keeper league, uh, I was pretty much out of it from the get-go. I didn't have a pick until like round four because I sold out the year before and I fucked myself. So I think I'm now two and twelve. I'm going to have to be doing uh some sort of forfeit next year. So I was not counting myself actually winning. I think my highest scored player, uh excluding quarterback, was Isaiah McKenzie. So yeah, that's good. <laughs> um Isaiah my McKenzie. redraft points per first down league uh has been so hot and cold. I've wanted to shoot myself. And Dynasty, luckily enough, uh, since I finished with a better record than over half the people on your side, Jeff, I've managed to switch over. So I survive another week. <laughs> did did Mike implement that? The he crossover? did. Yeah, which is good because it's fair. How yeah. are you gonna send a like a three and nine team to verse you or or Boliak? Yeah. Like, no, thank you. Well, I'm <laughs> I'm playing. Carry, who's oh you're playing Carry? Yeah, it was ten and four right now, and then I think you're playing Jesse, who's also oh right, yes, yes. But I did beat Jesse earlier this year. Yeah, but I also had Lamar Jackson, who's out. Wah, wah. But so, with all oh, so is that you guys do conferences for your your yes yeah. yes we do the same thing. Yeah, two yeah. conferences. We're basically the CFL, except with one extra team. But like, yeah. but like Hayden's three people are at ten and four, and there's one person at nine and four, and then me and Mike are at nine and four, and then the next person's at like below five hundred. 
Yeah. So, <laughs> the next yeah. four or the next three people. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like there, there's only in in our conference, uh, Tanner, there's only one person who has a losing record and they only have like three wins. <laughs> yeah. So it's yeah. it's it's a tragedy. It's kind of more like that in Dynasty because guys sell out certain years and then guys try to tank the next years. Right. So exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But with all that being said, uh, let's get into week 14. So week 14. Uh, it seems like in the same week, uh, week 13, Monday night, and week 14, Thursday night, the exact same script uh, happened. Uh, the team who should have won had a above 98% chance to win and then lost in the last three minutes. Uh, Baker Mayfield getting his chance, throwing to absolute nobodies, no Cooper Cup, no Allen Robinson. Tyler Higby is his main option. And boys, he gets it done. Like he he played. What was it like? Forty minutes, and then the last three of those minutes, he decided to actually turn up. Dude, that's been the theme (laughs) of this year. Like quarterbacks just like to turn it on in the last drive of the game when it's like, bro, when was this for the other half thirty minutes of gameplay that you've been in? And that's exactly how I felt on Monday night when Tampa came back and beat New Orleans, it's like, Tom, where the fuck were you the whole rest of the game? And then it's like this time, it's like, Rams, what were you doing? But I, honestly, I see this one more as a Raiders defeat because they came off firing. They got 10 points in their first two drives and then flatlined. Yeah. Absolutely flatlined and didn't do shit for the rest of the game. And left the door wide open for L.A. Uh, Tanner, did you catch any of this game? I did not. I was busy that day, so I didn't watch the game. But Yeah, honestly, I didn't watch the game up until the third minute when, uh, or like the the last drive when it was like, oh, the Rams have a chance, 98 yards, a minute 45, no timeouts, and they did it. Well, that was because Holland's gritted to the ball when they punted it to the <laughs> yeah. two. Sell it a little too early. Oh my god, it's gritty when you score a touchdown. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I just want to tune in. Mitch Marner has extended his point streak to twenty three games. He has an assist tonight versus Anaheim. So just wanted to chime in there. Switching it back. Jesus. But, yeah, guys on something this year. But anyways, continue. Uh, but yeah, honestly, like the Thursday night games have just been so boring. Uh, this upcoming week. Definitely excited for the Thursday night game. Uh, conference game. Hot team. Uh, kind of middling out team. We'll get to that. <laughs> hey. But <laughs> well, let's move into the Sunday slate because, uh, wow. We'll start it off with the first game that I was most anticipated to watch at 10 a.m. The Detroit Lions <laughs> really prove it to the Minnesota Vikings. Oh, yeah. Uh, Minnesota, like, I know we talked about their point differential uh, a couple weeks ago, but now this is really showing. Yeah. When the Lions are favored to, like, the Lions were favored in this game. I know. I fucking bet on the Vikings. Like, who, what, (laughs) why, and how? I, I don't understand how. You can be that good, 
and I get it. A lot of one score games, but you flip the script and obviously Minnesota, it turns out to be like two and 10 or two and 11, whatever. But Detroit, I think this is more of a story. Now can Detroit make it into the playoffs? Mm-hmm. I really want them in. Cause that would be electric factory. Dan Campbell is literally would literally be their next mayor. All the snow in the world for him. <laughs> He's gonna have a fun time skiing the slopes with his uh two thirty ounces of co- uh, yeah two thirty yeah. ounces of coffee. Yeah, guy's an absolute lunatic. Oh my god, Penny, Penny Sewell though wide receiver one, dude. That just shows Penny Sewell over Jamar Chase right there. <laughs> <laughs> I think we can stop with that talk after that oh, gutsy play call. But that was hilarious. The Lions did what they had to do. And Dan Campbell has the biggest set of nuts in the world. Well, yeah, that's what Penny Sewell said at the end of the game. It was like, yeah, that, guy, that guy's got the biggest set of nuts in the league or something <laughs> like that. Tanner, did you catch any of this game? I did. I did watch this game, actually. Oh, yeah. Um, it was very frustrating to watch because I had Vikings uh, spread. Yeah, that's fair. Lions have definitely turned it around since the first couple weeks. So, um, I watch Hard Knocks this year too. So it's kind of kind of interesting to just watch them play now, right? You just kind of feel like you know more about the team. But I agree. I agree. I fortunately enough didn't want to take that only because I saw that Vegas put Detroit as a favorite. I was like, you know what? I'll go over 50, uh, 54 points. And that hit. Yeah, it's like they yeah. probably so know more good. than me. They probably know something a little bit more than me. Exactly. It was like when there. Jacksonville was favored against Baltimore. And it's like, what What are we doing? Yeah, you made that mistake <laughs> before because Jacksonville came and proved that they were favored. But yeah, uh, but the, the rave. Yeah. 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 Fuck me, actually. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> um. Speaking of the Ravens, we'll quickly fly over this one. Barely squeak out a win against the the Steelers. Kenny Pickett goes down. Uh, R.I.P. Uh, like it was such a boring game. I, I don't even really want to talk about this. Yeah, one. Yeah, I didn't really uh, <laughs> tune into the Ravens Steelers. The no, Ravens games have been boring since Lamar's been out. Like, even even when Lamar's been in, they've just been like they're they have no passing game. It's all defense. Yeah, it's terrible to watch and it's not even like lamar's but i mean at least last night was good you guys scored over 20 points (laughs) seven of them were from the defense (laughs) there you go but like even when lamar throws a great pass his receivers can't catch a fucking thing yeah couldn't catch a cold (laughs) (laughs) like it's brutal man brutal yeah um the Battle of Ohio, since he finally gets the uh, gorilla off their back. I totally stole that one instead of the monkey off their back, gorilla. Oh, Harambe. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I bet the under in this game, and I was I felt like the smartest person ever. The line was set at 47 points. I'm like, this isn't getting above 40. <laughs> and yeah, I was, was right. It was 20 to 10, right? 23 to 10. 23 to 10. But yeah, uh Cincinnati finally beats Cleveland, which is huge. I I love Cincinnati uh going into the playoffs this year. Yeah, 
something feels I feel like they're getting hot at the right time. They definitely are. And their defense hasn't allowed a touchdown in the second half this year. That's in every game. That's exactly what you need. Like that's Yeah. That's MVP material right there. Give it to the second half defense. Or it might be it might be like one touchdown, but it's very minimal. Yeah. Like extremely minimal. Just huge. Uh Tanner, any thoughts on this game? <laughs> I didn't watch this game either. Oh but, my um, gosh. Didn't watch the Battle of Ohio. <laughs> man, there's so many games on. I can't watch them all. Do you not have Red Zone? Yeah, but I don't know. I prefer <laughs> to watch the other game. That's fair. I, was, um, I usually have in my head a uh, multi-view on two games, and then I just switch back and forth between two games I want to watch. Mm. I was uh, I went out for breakfast with Georgia, and then I went Christmas shopping for Logan Griff, so I didn't catch a ton of the morning games, but I caught like the tail end of some. All right. So, uh, well, the Bills um, proved to be like uh, a Super Bowl favorite again. An absolute gritty win. And their defense looks fucking just high-powered. If you guys didn't see really much of this game, Mike White, I don't know how he didn't leave on a deathbed. I know yeah. he went to the ambulance and went to the hospital after, but, like, he was – he literally – stealing another quote. He literally was the less than sign. <laughs> like, yeah, he literally he was, getting, was like He was getting hammered. Absolutely, just fucking rocketed. He got folded like a lawn chair there. Oh, they just saw they like saw Mike White as a table. Yeah, <laughs> Matt Milano said, "I see a table," yeah. and just <laughs> folded it. No, it was crazy. And yeah, Josh Allen hasn't looked the the best. Uh, but I mean, if your defense plays that good, you don't have to look the best to win a Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. And they don't even have Von Miller right now. Exactly. He's out for the season now. Torn or ACL. Micah Hyde. I think Micah Hyde's been hurt for a while, too. And, and yep. they just got Tredavious White back, too. So they were doing this before yep. him as well. Yeah, yeah, so it's absolutely unreal. Um, yeah. We'll go through two NFC East uh, games here. Cowboys barely squeak out a win against the Texans. Dude, they were. I was nervous for the Cowboys in this game. I was, too. <laughs> just, just when you think, like... Our boy Scott was right. Like they look unbeatable. They turn performances <laughs> like that, and it's like I can't get a gauge on this team. It's like are they're getting the win, but like they they should have been in cruise control against um the Texans there. But yeah, like that interception on the ten yard line that Dak threw, like that was a that was terrible. That was a shot duck. So we'll see. Like it. They signed T.Y. Hilton, so it'll be interesting to see like if that'll help them anymore. But I I um, don't I don't get why you would sign T.Y. Hilton. Uh, no, he, he ba- guy's been battling injuries like the his whole latter half is, of his career. Uh, he's basically like Deshaun Jackson. He's gonna make one catch thirty yards down the field, and his hamstring's gonna act up, and he's gonna have to go out and sit the rest of the game. Mm-hmm. And you already have CD Lamb, uh, Gallup, Gallup, yeah, and then you just activated James Washington. You have Dalton Schultz. Yeah, like I feel like you could have used a defensive piece, more or less. 
like a defensive interior person because they haven't really gotten a lot of interior pressure. It's basically Micah Parsons and Lawrence. I so, mean, Micah Parsons caused Laramie Tunsil to go to false start like three plays in a row. Me and Tanner were watching that. They were in field goal range yeah. and then three false starts in a row got them like back to the 50. <laughs> it's like just by Micah Parsons standing there, Tunsil went on, but uh, false started. Just the presence there alone is defensive player of the year. To be, to be, or to have that much of an impact is yeah. actually insane. Because Parsons wasn't even like shifting or whatever. Like he was just lining up. up. He was just like lining up. Normal player. And Tunsil yeah. was trying to get ahead of it, but he false started three times in a row. Yeah, I know. It's, so. it's fucking crazy. Uh, That's the cool. Eagles. Laramie, Laramie Tunsil had his gas mask on. He couldn't see what he was doing. I was going to make a comment about that, but I'm like, I, I don't know if. Uh, They'll remember. Yeah, but I were watching the games together and I already made that joke to him. So yeah. Oh, I see. I see. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, the Eagles handled the Giants. I saw this coming from a mile away. Yeah. Uh, the Giants, it was a fun story. Uh, but they do have the easiest schedule in the NFL. So, do you guys think uh, Jalen Hurts is in the MVP race? I think after this week, uh, it's like neck and neck with Mahomes. Cause like the thing with people are shitting on Jalen Hurts for like being surrounded by so much talent and stuff like that, and like it's not all him. When Mahomes was like turning it up with teams like Tyreek and Kelsey and stuff like that, like he had a loaded roster as well, and people were praising him for like everything, like, everything being MVP material. Why isn't Jalen Hurts getting the same treatment? Like he has. Three interceptions. He's doing it on the ground and in the air. He's proven that he's just as important as any other piece on that team. Yes, they have an easy schedule, but he's proven that he's you can only play who you face. So like I think he should start getting more praise rather than being diminished for what he has around him. And like he's still making unbelievable throws to AJ Brown. Like he's putting it where he needs to and he's making great plays. I feel like people are shitting on him more than praising him. That's just me. Like, yeah, he might not win MVP, but I think it's not unanimous Mahomes right now. Like, I think he's mm-hmm. made more knucklehead plays than Jalen Hurts has. No, he so. definitely has. I think he, he'll he get the nod. Like, I know we talked about this uh, a couple weeks ago, but I think he'll start turning heads as soon as playoffs kind of come around and people realize the type of season that he had. It just sucks because you have to get your votes in before playoffs. So none of the, his playoffs things will. No, I, I know. I'm just anything. I, I was more sorry. I was more or less meaning leading up to playoffs. Like yeah. the last two weeks is when you'll start to see the media start talking about, wow, like look at, let's say they win, you know, they beat Dallas in the rivalry game and then they beat uh, whoever else they play, New Orleans, coincidentally. And it's like, oh, like look at Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts is put the team on his back. He's made all these plays, yada, yada, yada. I That's when I think you'll start to see the media maybe kind of center around mm-hmm. who's going to be the MVP. Because right now, it's look at the defense for Philadelphia. Look at all the people around for Philadelphia. And it's kind of, I feel like, more or less praising Harry Roseman for how he's gone into this year. You know, like he traded for A.J. Brown. Yeah. He got depth where he needed depth. And then he fleeced New Orleans for CJ Gardner Johnson, who has had an amazing statistical year. 
And obviously, Gardner Johnson's out with injury right now. But the Eagles as a whole, it's not one person who stands out on that team. It's mm-hmm. everyone. Yeah. Yeah. So I I just wanted to say that like I I wanted to ask about Jalen Hurts and stuff like that. So that, that's my personal opinion. Like I think he should be getting more praise than um, diminishing his play because of how good the Eagles are as a whole. I just feel like people are just going to that immediately when Mahomes is getting the opposite treatment when he had a loaded team around him. So Agreed. Good point. That's all I got to say. What about you, Tanner? Do you think Jalen Hurts gets MVP? I mean, it, it really is between, like, three guys right now, so no one else is really having that blow out of the water year other than uh, Mahomes – uh, hurts and possibly Allen, but I mean, Allen just throws so many picks. So I don't know if he could win it. Mm-hmm. And it was crazy too, because at the start of the year, you could have made a case for Allen, Jackson, Mahomes, and Hurts all in like the first four weeks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like Allen was blowing teams out of the water, Mahomes was making amazing plays, and Hurts was just being super accurate and super disciplined. And even Tua <laughs> up until this week. Yeah, <laughs> like, like I, I think this performance from Tua has just kicked himself right out. Yeah, because I think he, Her, Hertz has been super efficient, and he's very careful with the ball while still making big time plays. Um, like again, only three picks. I just think he's doing his game has been so like you like universally sound in all aspects of his game this year. Mm-hmm. Um, which I think is like. MVP material. Um, no, you're you're right. Because if he was just throwing up ducks and picks like Josh Allen and stuff like that and missing a bunch of throws, they wouldn't be putting up 40 points a game. But because he's running well and thrown, has improved so much in his throwing and is much more accurate, there's a reason why they're putting up this many points. Yeah. Look how so. much look how much better he's made Miles Sanders too. Because they have oh, to yeah. put a spy on him so that Miles Sanders is getting so many more openings. Now he's a beast this year, man. Yeah, because before his throwing wasn't a threat, so they would just stack the box. But now that Hertz is able to make those passes now, Sanders is just so open to run up the middle. Yeah, Yeah. it's it's kept the defenses guessing. So, uh, Trevor Lawrence, uh, looks like who you know everyone was saying that he was. He uh, finally beat Tennessee, or the Jaguars as a whole finally beat Tennessee after five years of not beating Tennessee in Tennessee. So that is a big congrats to them because that is a huge burden off their shoulders. They held Derrick Henry, I think, to two yards in the second half. That's crazy. Like this late into the year, Derrick Henry should be having like two yards in the first half and then 180 in the second half. <laughs> yeah. Holding that unit to two yards in the second half is Crazy. diabolical. Yeah. Um, We won't say too much on that game. Just Trevor Lawrence looks great. Uh, the Jaguars fucked my $10 bet. I mean, the Titans did. Titans looked like ass. Um, Chiefs Broncos. Uh, I thought that the Chiefs had this game in hand easily. The one time the Broncos put up a good game, the Chiefs also put up a good game. <laughs> the one time the Broncos score over 20 points, the Chiefs decide to put up 34. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, what their one day the defense is like, you know what? Fuck you, Russ. <laughs> and yeah. uh, uh, he he definitely got fucked. Uh, Tanner, as a Seahawks fan, how happy are you uh, with Denver sucking ass? Every week, the Broncos lose is a good week, even if the Seahawks lose. <laughs> I could only imagine just the happiness that I would feel. It's like, damn, Seahawks lost 105 game. Oh, let's check the 125 game. Oh, Denver just is fucking getting absolutely destroyed. Yeah, Russ is one for seven for four yards. Yeah. Because <laughs> that, uh, that pick is just getting tastier and tastier with every Denver loss. Oh, yeah. It's gonna this be season to me has just been like, I didn't have any high expectations, so I can't lose at this point. Yeah, but did you see that contusion on Russell Wilson's temple? Yeah, it was fucked. Like, he got, he was looking into space. <laughs> like he he was looking into the multiverse when he got hit. Like he, when he was Didn't on the know ground, what the fuck was, he was doing. yeah. I was like, this guy is done for at least a game. Um, but hopefully he gets better. But I think he might be on pace to beat his uh the amount of washrooms in his house. That's good. Yeah, as many touchdowns as he yeah. has washrooms. Yeah, think, that's I pretty think good. He has one. uh ten touchdown passes now. Well, if he doesn't play next week, it's gonna be a tight race. Yeah. <laughs> And well, actually, no, I think he, hmm, yeah, no, it could be 10, actually. Yeah, Jerry Judy got a hat trick, which is, but which also, uh, his third came from Rippin. That's right. So you are right. Yeah. You might have, I think it's nine or 10. Yeah. Somewhere around there. Uh, speaking of the Seahawks, Tanner, uh, how have the Seahawks been so good, but then lost to terrible teams? I'm uh, speaking of the NFC South, they're 0 4 this year. Against teams in the NFC uh, NFC South. Fuck, I don't know, man. That game was so frustrating <laughs> to watch. I was literally screaming at my TV, man. Dude, Carolina was running all over them. You Dude, really, like every play, they just handed the ball off, ran up the middle, <laughs> fucking seven or ten yards. It was like, can we like maybe put some run stuffers in there or something? Right, like where where was anyone who could actually stack the box? Like, how many tackles did Cody Barton have? Like dude, a million play, our <laughs> linebackers would engage and then just get hung up and then the fucking running back would run right past them. Like they that's, couldn't get off yeah. the tackle. No, that that's that's insane. Cody Barton had 15 tackles, seven a, a, a solo and eight assists. <laughs> yeah, Tanner, when you were watching the first half of my house, you were like screaming from every aspect of the upstairs. Just be like, fuck, Gino, what is happening, man? Like it wasn't Gino's best game. He was missing all sorts of throws and throwing some pretty bad interceptions. But I think it was the Seahawks just it wasn't their day. It was, it was their, their defense that lost in that game. You gotta yeah. be able to stop them. Especially, yeah, especially against oh my god, especially against the Panthers, man. Yeah. Like Chuba Hubbard, not Christian McCaffrey. Dante Foreman, not Christian McCaffrey. Who do they look like today? Christian, Christian McCaffrey. McCaffrey. <laughs> Those guys were barely in the league last year. No, they what bullying the league? No, they looked. They had no, like barely in the league. Barely oh, barely. League. Oh, I yeah. thought you said bullying the league. No. I'm like, no, no, no. they probably had like a handful of no. like decent no. games. Yeah, no. yeah. No, I heard what Tanner said. Yeah, yeah, Foreman was like a suitcase before he got to the Panthers, yeah. and now like he's got yeah. an opportunity. And then Chuba Hubbard looked like a fumbling machine. Yeah. yeah. But. Um, this put a smile on my face. Uh, the 49ers absolutely destroy Tampa. 
I love that. Brock Purdy, Mr. Irrelevant, becomes Mr. Relevant. Yeah. The first ever player uh, making his first career start beats Tom Brady. Yeah. Uh, second time Tom Brady's only ever been to San Fran, which I find absolutely insane of a stat. In 23 years, that's crazy. That yeah. He's only played there twice. But yeah. I'm going to say one thing. Even though the Saints didn't play this week, the Saints are clearly a more talented team than Tampa, just way more poorly ran. <laughs> I think this game proves a lot because the 49ers uh, only scored 13 points in Santa Clara. And then this game, they decided to drop uh, half of 70 on Tampa. And yet Tampa is leading the division right now. I mean, like the South <laughs> is just the new NFC East. It's just like it's every year there's a conference where every team sucks ass, every or at team. least three out of the four. And yep. this year it's the NFC South team. I thought it was going to be the AFC South that was going to be the new NFC East. I thought every team in that division was going to be trash. It's pretty close, but pretty I, didn't, close. I did not think it was going to be in the NFC South. I thought there was going to be a potential of three playoff teams, not barely one. Um. Tampa, it's just a matter of nothing is working. Nothing is clicking. They don't, their high, their highest potential of being good is just tarnished with injuries. Um, mixed with Tom Brady not doing well. Mm-hmm. It's just a year where, like, on as Brady's career is winding down, everything needs to be firing on all cylinders. Because he isn't what he was 10 years ago, right? Obviously, age is going to catch up to you in some sort of way, no matter how many how much plyometrics you do, right? Like, he's going to age. Nothing's going to keep up that long. So everything needs to be firing on all cylinders, and just it's not right now. So it's just like one of those years where I can't count them out when it comes to playoff time, but they're just not doing well. I'm going to count them out. When it comes to playoff time, uh, yeah. the Bucks suck. Every team from the NFC South sucks. I don't think Tom Brady sucks. I think the whole team sucks. Yeah. Like on that 65 yard touchdown pass that Brady threw, Donovan Smith, he got like three holding penalties or three penalties back to back to back. Like he couldn't, he couldn't even handle Nick Bosa without feeling his asshole stretched out. <laughs> The Bucks are going to be the the NFC South winners and lose to. It's going to be the first time he loses to Dallas because I don't think I think Philly has a stranglehold on first and Dallas has a stranglehold on fifth. And Dallas might be the second best team in the NFC. So, yeah. I I'm fully out on the Bucks. Count me out now. That's fair. I'll take my losses. And I'll leave. Uh, but Tanner, was was this concerning to you at all, or was this Dude, I a joyful moment it for when you? I checked the score. What was it like, twenty-eight to nothing or something at one point? <laughs> yeah, it was thirty-five, 35 nothing. nothing. Yeah, yeah. The over hit okay. because of Tampa Bay's last touchdown. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and only touchdown. <laughs> Boxer absolutely lost right now. So oh, lost in the sauce. That whole division is. Yeah, that was like no, the NFC are, one year. Um, the year I can't that... believe we're in. I was gonna say it's like the NFC that one year what? when the uh, winning team 
got to the playoffs with a losing record? The Giants, yeah. The Giants. Yeah. Well, I think they were like the last wild card and they were they weren't losing, but I think they were like nine and seven. No, one of the in the Super Bowl. It, it might have been uh Washington oh. when, when they oh. played the Bucks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Losing yeah. record. They had a losing yes. record and made the playoffs. Yeah, seven and nine, yeah. But uh anywho, the last game of Sunday, um Justin Herbert over to Otango Valoa. <laughs> Yeah, I was kind of baffled with the I I still like Tua. I'm not like against him. Like but I just don't think he's at the level above Herbert cuz mm-hmm. Herbert can make so many more throws that Tua can't. Oh yeah. And Theo Ash on TikTok, he made a really good point of like, let me see Tua throw to the sticks, throw to the sidelines because I haven't seen one play where it's made me confident he can make that throw when Herbert can make every throw that you need him to. So, like, I think Tyreek should be in the MVP conversation just as much, if not more, than Cooper Cup last year because Cooper Cup got the triple crown, but Tyreek has literally turned that Miami offense around with how he's made an impact on Tua and everyone else. Um, but, yeah, I, I think it's Herbert over Tua even before this game. Yeah, the crazy. Did you guys see that? Obviously, that crazy play from this game where the ball just yeah, it just squeaked out. It looked like the uh, Miami Teron Armstead offensive lineman. Yeah, he hit it back. He like like, scooped it to him, right? Yeah, but it's like, how can you? Surely Teron Armstead could not have seen him. He probably was just like, "Fuck it, Tyreek down there somewhere." Yeah, (laughs) my team's probably more this way. I'm gonna push it this way because I can't. Yeah. That's yeah. yeah, so great, great heads up play by former Saint Toronto Armstead. Yeah, massive awareness. Gotta get my gotta get my wins where I can yeah. nowadays. <laughs> <laughs> but no, like like you said, Jeff, Herbert Herbert can make every throw Tua can, plus all of the actually complicated ones. Because mm-hmm. I agree, I haven't seen Tua make a throw to the sticks yet, like a confident 10-yard out route when it's like that route is super essential in your last minute of the game yeah like two minute drills and stuff two minute yeah exactly you know you got to work the time and what i really noticed as well is like herbert obviously herbert rolling out to the right you can know every quarterback can make a throw on the run it's when Mm -hmm. herbert's running out to the left to the left and he has to like twist his body cross body tua can't make those throws i've seen him roll out to the right as a lefty many times and he's tucked it and ran where it's yeah. like, he, or he'll throw it like two yards into the dirt before the receiver, or he'll just throw it away. But he's never actually, I've never seen him try to make that throw because of, I just don't think he can. Um, I don't know if it's like a comfort thing with his hip or something like that, but Herbert can just make so many more like throws under pressure, all that than Tua can. Mm-hmm. So I've never believed the Tua no, over Herbert stuff. Agreed. And with the final game, Monday night, uh, it only took three plays for me to know that the Patriots were going to win. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was. It's unfortunate. Um, I don't really think you can blame the turf for this one because I think it was just Kyler Murray being Kyler Murray 
And I think he, I think he physically as a human being outstretches his own ligaments. And because I watched that play and I was like, I don't even see where the knee kind of pops until you really slowed it down. And you can kind of see the knee jump from like the right to the left. And it's like, ah, that's where he tore his ACL. But yeah. unfortunate for Kyler Murray as the season ends, uh, he won't even be back until like November, like earliest he, next year. Might be like an OBJ situation where it's like he might be out real, real late, like New Year kind of thing. Yeah. Especially if Arizona's just not doing anything, he might he might not even like come back next year. Just mm-hmm. just because Arizona's already invested in him. So good job that he got his money. But Jeff, your Patriots. Huge dub for them this week. Massive. It shot him into the wild Huge card. Dub. <laughs> Especially wild with card. Miami losing and Jets losing. Like that parachutes them in. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Pierre Strong. Yeah, I still and... don't think the Patriots can really compete with the top, but yeah, and the because like their strength, the schedule is kind of up there. Yeah, as well. no, Pierre we put... Strong was unreal. Yeah, and Kevin Harris as well. Like their strength, the schedule doesn't favor them. Like I'm pretty sure they play like Cincy, Buffalo, Baltimore, and Miami. So like basically four playoff teams. So Raiders. no, they they Raiders. they play the play they play the Raiders. But yeah, next week. Um, but I know the last two weeks is Buffalo, Miami, so it's not the easiest of schedules. But there are teams that I can that I think we can beat. Like I think we'll beat the Raiders. I we always playing Buffalo is very fifty fifty with New England. Like we'll either get routed or we'll give them a good game. <laughs> um, we don't have good history of playing Miami on the last game of the season. Um, if you remember that wild play against the Gronkowski, but that's always in Miami. Yeah. Um. So we've and never this had is in, this is in uh, Foxborough. Yeah. So we've never had good history playing against Miami in the last game, but I still think that we need a lot of luck to go our way. With like the Chargers' schedule is really easy; and they have the same record as us. So we need some. We need a lot of things to go our way to make the playoffs, but it's not out not out of question. But yeah, Kevin to, Harris. These go two and two if you want to have any chance. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent, which I think is possible. Um, yeah, Kevin Harris and Pierre Strong ran the hell out of the ball after Ramondre was ruled out. Shout out to Nelson Aguilar for waving down help and stopping the play because Parker was stumbling on the line, getting set up for the play um, with a concussion. Ton of injuries. Um, Marcus Jones. Me and Scott were talking last night about how electric of a player he is. Um, really excited. We always somehow groom good running backs and good cornerbacks out the ass and then play him for three years and then just draft a new random one out of the third round and he'll be a star player after that guy gets his money. So um, good turnouts from rookie players. Uh, Mac Jones looked great when he got the chance to throw the ball. There were times where it looked like we didn't want to win the game, but Mac Jones looked really good in like 15 to 20 yard passes. He was snapping them in there. Hunter Henry got played really good getting open for him downfield. So there's a lot of good things. 
Um, the defense did look worrisome in the first half, though. I mean, Scott were saying like we were hesitant that we were going to lose to Colt McCoy and James Connor, um, uh, duo because Connor was getting four yards of carry at minimum. We couldn't stop him, and Colt McCoy was doing these stupid little curl routes and stuff like that, always getting first downs and shit. Um, so it was frustrating, but we pulled out a win with a clutch fumble return touchdown. And um, I hope Mac Jones gets to continue to throw the ball downfield because he looked good doing it last night. So that's my, te- that's my TED talk. All right. Well, with that, that concludes week 14. Fucking right. Hayden, did, yeah. you, uh, did you bring anything for us this week or are we going to um, postpone it for next week? No, 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 no. I got some shit for you guys. All right. Was this fucking sports trivia or some shit? This is, in fact, sports trivia, Tanner. (laughs) Uh, Tanner, you might wipe me with this because my internet's unstable right now, so you might be able to hear the questions before me, but I'll do my best here. Is this like you got to buzz in or something? Yeah, this is buzz in, which is unfortunate for Jeff because, yeah, his internet has decided to just be a piece of shit for like the last five minutes. Yeah. I find myself that I'm talking over him, even though in my ears he's not talking. So this is going to be... How about in the chat? Uh, You guys can just pull up like your chat menu. Hopefully that'll be kind of maybe a little bit better. And whoever... I see first. I'll go to you guys. (laughs) Oh, he's frozen. Oh, this is great. (laughs) What do I have to put in the chat? My name? Uh, just put like anything. I was just, just like a like a one or a one letter. Yeah, I was just gonna type a letter and press enter or something like that if I have the answer. Yeah, no, that, that's that's fair. So we'll start it off. Um, there is eleven questions. Uh, eleven is uh, a question about me. So we'll see if you guys know it. If it has to come down to a tiebreaker, can I? Um... But. Pause right now. I'm gonna change my Wi-Fi settings because we'll it's see. So I'll switch so it up. So none of us know the category. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. Okay, so I changed I changed my Wi-Fi network. It changed to the extender for some reason that I've gassed. So that's why my Wi-Fi has been dookie. Um, okay. So I've changed it to the main network. So hopefully it should be fine for the rest of the thing. So when I talk, does my mouth move fluently? Yeah, everything's, okay. everything's up to speed now. Um, hopefully this doesn't impact the actual audio. But... All right. Are we still doing the that. chat thing? Are we still doing the chat thing? Yeah, yeah, we'll still do the chat thing. That way it's a little bit better. A little okay. bit more uh, easy. Okay. Cool. Let's start it off, boys. You guys ready? Let's rock and roll. Yep. All right. Which NFL team has had 20 straight winning seasons before? All right, Tanner. Uh, the Pats. That is incorrect. Steelers. That is also incorrect. What? We'll go back to Tanner. Uh, 
The Giants? Fuck, I don't know. Nope. 20 straight winning seasons? Mm-hmm. If you guys don't get after this one, I'll give you a big hint. The Vikings? No. All right, big hint. Tanner first. They are in the NFC East. It has to be the Cowboys. It is the Cowboys. Yeah. <laughs> I was I was between the Cowboys and the Vikings. Yeah. So I'll give that one to Tanner. We still uh, suck though, because we didn't get that till the third guess. Yeah. I thought uh, it was but you know what? You guys got it. So that's regardless. I thought Steelers was the lock. I knew I knew New England was gonna try I was gonna pop up in an answer, surely. Okay, next question. How many seasons did Wayne Gretzky play? Tanner. Uh, 11? No. Jeff. I'm going to guess 16. No. I'll give you a hint. It's over both of your answers. Holy fuck. It's back to Tanner. Wait, should we do like whoever's closer with the next one gets the point? Sure. Yeah, I'll do that. Yeah, that that's a good one. Okay. Uh over 16. 23. Michael Jordan, let's go. All right, Jeff. 20. Right on the dot. Jeff gets it. <laughs> Nailed it. I knew he retired in 99, so I was trying to backtrack that. Just how much? To, like, I thought he came into the league at 72, but I was like, maybe he played, like, 15, so I'll guess, like, maybe he came in at 74, but he came in at 69? No, that's 30 years. 79. 79. Yeah. But, um, yeah. All right. My, my first was a total guess. <laughs> 11. What a mutt. <laughs> I was like, 11? Okay. Uh, question, uh, question number three, who owns the hardest shot record in NHL history? Chara. Yeah. That was fucking did it throw up. How did I not answer quicker? <laughs> I knew that one was going to be an easy one. All right. This one, you got to name, you got to name the field and the teams. Oh, fuck. Well, I kind of gave it away. What four teams share fields? Tanner. Oh, no. I fucked up. I don't know. The field? No, I don't know. Pass it to Jeb. Oh, pass. I have to think about it. All right, Jeb. I'm assuming this is NFL. Yeah. MetLife with the Giants and the Jets and SoFi with the Rams and the Chargers. You are correct. I wasn't sure if you're talking about like MetLife has the New York Red Bulls, Jets, Giant, like one field. That's what I thought it was. That's what I thought it was. That's what I was thinking. Sports share the same field. Oh, yeah. No, two and two. Remember, Remember, this is only NFL and NHL. Okay. I got it now. Okay. So uh, was it 3-1? Yes. All right. What uh what only NFL team has lost four Super Bowls? The Bills. 
Correct. Fuck, I knew that one too. Well, actually, wait, did wait, did Tanner, you put in your answer, right? I put it in just before him. Oh, oh, yeah, oh, you, sorry. You yeah, yeah, yeah. Before, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you did. Yeah. I thought, okay, yeah. No, that's right. And they lost him four years in a row. Four too. years in a row. <laughs> that's the ultimate curse of all curses. Yes. Four in a row, you'll could lose you, them all. Could you imagine? Fuck. I would just I'd just be so hard to be a Bills fan. Yeah. Okay, well, Jeff kind of has Tanner by the balls here. Uh, we'll, we'll go with we'll go with a semi-hard question here. Where do the third most players come from uh, in the NHL? So this is like a country. So what what country provides the third most NHL players? Well, I buzzed in first, obviously. Um... Mm-hmm. Russia? Wrong. Oh! I'm between two here. <laughs> Sweden. Oh, Jeff! Holy oh, shit! <laughs> I, was, I was between them or Finland. I was Dude, Sweden and Finland. That was what I originally thought when you read the question, but then I got thinking about it. I was like, fuck, Russia's so fucking big. There's got to be way more Russians than you think. That's what I thought, too, when I wrote this question, because I'm like, okay, America and Canada, one and two. Uh, Canada, yeah. one, America, two. But I'm like, surely Russia's third. And yeah, no, Sweden. Sweden, barely, though. What's Russia, do you know? Uh, Yeah, I can... Uh, Russia's fourth. Oh, fuck, yeah. Actually, I can uh, search that up, because... By I'd... hair. Yeah. My first thought was Germany, and I was like, wait, no, there's fucking Russia, Sweden, and Finland. <laughs> yeah, Russia Ooh. is fourth. So the drop off from second to third, 242 to 91. <laughs> and then 91 to 51. So I needed that one. Who's in fifth? Oh, fuck. I just exited. I think Finland was in fifth. Okay. Yeah. Uh, all right. Yeah. Tanner, you need to, you need to fucking come back here. Um, we'll go with a, we'll go with a NFL question. Who was the second unanimous NFL MVP? So obviously unanimous is like, there's only been two. And this guy had a season where it's like unanimous being like everyone picked him for people who don't know what unanimous means. Was it? Did you? Oh, yeah, you put in. Okay, yeah. Was it Brady? You are wrong. He was the first one. Oh, fuck. I thought there was maybe one before him. <laughs> Tanner with a big opportunity here. Okay, this is a total guess. Was it LaDainian Tomlinson? No, it was not. So my hint, my hint was Tom Brady was the first. I don't know then. Man. So I'll have to think of another. I'll have to think of another one if you guys can't get it here. I have a guess, but I don't think it's right. Well, you are next, so let's hope it is. Um, Adrian Peterson. No. All right, Tanner. Unanimous. Yeah. Was it Mahomes? No, it was not Mahomes. Okay, that I was I was between Mahomes and uh, so my it, it, hint. Uh hopefully you guys know your years. Uh 2019. 
So it's Jeb first. Yep. Yeah. And Jeb, just to keep it going along, I'm going to count down from 10. 10, 9, I forget. Eight, oh, fuck. 7, 6, 5. Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers. Nope. That was 2020, my guy. This was the two years, last two, two years. Yep. Tanner with a big potential steal. Who was it? 2019. Oh, he's frozen now. Uh-oh. Start counting down. Start counting down. Start counting <laughs> down. Oh, there he is. He's back. Can you hear us? What? <laughs> God, I've been nervous. So when Rogers, Rogers, and then who? Fuck. I. Oh, okay. Yeah. Now you're back. Okay. 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3. Lamar? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I fucking forgot he won MVP for his. Yeah. His second year in the league. He had the, like, Best season uh by far of anyone in that in that year. He won me my just, first uh fantasy like championship. I just need to think about it and you count down. I was like, fuck. Was planning, like, <laughs> as soon as it. like the year, I was like, the year is gonna be the one that gets them. I panicked and said Rogers because I knew he won one around 2019, but I couldn't remember the years exactly. Fuck. Yep. All right, Tanner kind of catching it up. Uh, now, now we'll do another one here. Who was the first player to sign a million dollar contract in the NHL? First, oh, oh, Derek Sanderson. No, fuck. He was the highest paid athlete at one point in all of sports. So I thought maybe that was it. Bro, I don't even know this one. For just a milli? Yep. That in the NHL. Yep. Fuck, I'm trying to think what year or time frame that would even be. I have no idea, man. Jeff, I'm pretty sure the player that you said was actually offered by a different league to play for over a million dollars. Oh, so maybe uh, like then he. Yeah, I think I think he was. Yeah. Fuck, I don't know, man. I'm just going to throw it out there. Burry, fuck, I am no nope. idea. I'll give you a hint. Wait. Uh, no, I actually don't know about Jeff's player. All right, Jeff, back to you. <laughs> if you don't get it, I'll give you a, I'll give you a hint. I'm going to guess... Um... I feel like Gretzky would be way too obvious. People were getting millies before that. Had to have been. Um, I'm gonna count down. I don't know. Like ten. Was it was it Gordy Howe? People signed him just for the name. Gordy, you Howe. are wrong. Tanner with a huge chance to steal. Is that guy played. That guy played I'm just for gonna like throw it out there. Paul Coffey. I don't know. Nope. All right. He played for an original six. Can you give us like the decade? Uh well before <laughs> our time. Fuck. <laughs> Original six. Yep. 
Gila Fleur. Nope. I don't know. I thought this one would actually be pretty. I don't know why. I definitely. He's got to be a big name. Yes, he is a huge name. A huge name. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck. If you've ever met Paul Lafave, you'd know you'd know who this uh, you'd know who this fellow is. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. You, you've know. been pretty good with just tossing out names. Literally, just any big hockey name. I'm trying to give you the benefit of the doubt here. Make it interesting. Fucking Maurice Richard. I don't know. Man. Oh my god, no. Um he is like one of the most five grand a game. <laughs> he is one of the most iconic NHL pictures. Jeff, we're gonna hate ourselves when we figure this out. I might shoot myself. Oh, I know it is Bobby Orr. Fuck. Yeah. Fuck as soon as he said that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, with that, Jevin wins the the sports trivia. But we'll keep going because they're they're pretty funny questions. So just say what uh what you guys think. Um, what is the only nonprofit team in the NFL? Okay, Jeb. I'll wait for you. To, like we'll both get answers, and then we can kind of both answer. And then and then Hayden will say who's right if we're right. Okay. Nonprofit, yeah, they're basically. Oh no, I'm not gonna give any hints actually for the first one. Um, I want to say this team, but it's too toxic to be nonprofit. Um, I'll say, well, if you have your answer, Jackson, I do I say it? Does, does Tanner, do you have your answer? Yes. Okay. Say your guys' answer. <laughs> the Green Bay Packers. Jacksonville Jaguars. Tanner is correct. Let's go. Oh! Yeah, Tanver, Tanner uh, is correct. Packers are owned by the state of Wisconsin. Bang. Not by one owner. I knew you could like buy shares in the team, so I thought something was weird there. Yeah. All right, last two questions. How thick is the ice on a hockey arena supposed to be? This is NHL standard, I guess. I'm guessing this is just like every standard. Okay. I think I think I got it. Okay. All right. Say your guys' answer. Two and a half inches. No, both wrong. It's an inch less. It's an inch. Wrong. What? Fuck off. But it's less than an inch. Jesus. It's probably half an inch then. <laughs> it's actually more than half an inch. <laughs> no, three quarters? It's three quarters, yeah. Dude, that's so thin. I know. Like I, I could not believe that it's actually that thin. Or th- that's usually why it's played. But all right, last question. I thought it was around between an inch and two. I didn't think it was two. So I thought it was like an inch or inch and a half. I would think that too. Because I always, because I always because I always hear like, yeah, they're playing on an inch of ice or whatever like that, and I'm like, that's that's a lot of ice. Yeah, no, about about three quarters. (laughs) 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 
All right. This one, all time. Okay, this is the personal one about me. All time, who is my favorite NFL running back? Mm. Jeff probably knows this fucking right away. No, I know who his favorite all-time player is, which isn't even a secret. Mm-hmm. Um, favorite running back. I'm trying to think back to, like, Madden 08 when we'd play. He was definitely around playing in Madden 08. Um, I don't know. I'm, no, you guys both know. have an answer. We'll wait, and Hold then we'll on. go. Oh, I think I know. Okay. I might know. I don't know. I'm just going to guess. Yep. Darren Sproles. Adrian Peterson. Wrong and wrong. I'll give you a hint. Jeff is closer. Darren Sproles may have played with this person. And by may have, I mean he definitely was on the same team. <laughs> the Eagles? I'm not saying the team. <laughs> Jay Ajayi. <laughs> Jay Ajayi. <laughs> Dude, he wasn't around in Madden. No. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I forgot about that clue. <laughs> Fuck, who's the Eagles running backs back then? It wasn't he, the Eagles. Played on the Saints, too. It wasn't the Saints. It wasn't? Nope. Who did Sproles play? He was a suitcase at the end of his career. He played, I think, he's, he has three main teams. Let's see, actually. Or this this running Sproles this running back this running back had one main team, but Darren Sproles had had uh, three main teams. I'll actually look up Darren Sproles. See what he uh he was actually okay. Yeah, so Darren Sproles was drafted to the team that my favorite all time running back played for. So you guys are both wrong. New Orleans was Darren Sproles' second team, and then Philly was his third team. Oh fuck me, yeah. But he played with my favorite running back for his first uh, stint. I don't know. Okay, well, I'm I'm running out of time personally here. So he played for the Chargers. <laughs> I thought it was the Chargers too. LT. So it's LT. Yeah, it's LT. I was thinking that too. I was like, probably fucking LT because I said his name earlier. Yeah, yeah, for the MVP. Yeah. <laughs> Did he well, win MVP by the way? Yeah, yeah, he did. Him and Adrian Peterson are the only running backs to. Oh, uh, maybe I'm wrong. Two most one. recent running backs to win. Yeah, at least. How the fuck was he that not unanimous? Didn't that guy have like fucking forty touchdowns that year, man? Uh, yeah, he did get twenty eight touchdowns, I think. Which is fuck. Yeah. Uh, so no, I I was wrong. There have been multiple running backs. Uh, Jim Brown. Twice. Paul Hornung, Jim Taylor, Jim Brown again, Larry Brown, OJ, Walter, Earl Campbell, Marcus Allen, Thurman Thomas, Emmitt Smith, Barry Sanders, Terrell Davis, Marshall Falk, Sean Alexander, LT, AP. There's been so many. Yeah. <laughs> There's been so many. There has. Uh, LT, 1,800 yards, 5.2 yards a carry, 113 yards a game, 28 touchdowns, 500 receiving yards. And three receiving touchdowns. Imagine him on your fantasy team. 
Yeah. Thirty-one funny. touchdowns. Did you like win two... the ship that year in fantasy? What? If you didn't win the ship that year in fantasy, oh, just, then you're – every yeah. other player got hurt. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, boys, this is a great episode. Hayden, I know you got to run, so I'm going to clock this out. Um, where can the people find you, Tanner? Just at Tanner Anik, nice and simple, boys. Nice and simple. Hayden? At Hayden underscore Barton on Instagram and Twitter and at HBart13 on TikTok. Follow me on Instagram at Jevin.Lefave on Twitter at Jevin Lefave. Find everything for the show on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at LeftSideHeavy underscore. Um, yeah, subscribe to the YouTube Left Side Heavy. Rate and review on any platform you listen to this show. Uh, Tanner, thank you so much for coming on. It was a blast. Got to get you on more often. Um, thank you for listening and peace out.